This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're bringing it at you. Your letters, your stories, your urban myths passed down to us <laughs> and read back to you. In your face. Into your face for the year 2020. That's right. Go. First one. Okay. No subject line because apparently the the website doesn't take it anymore. That's right. Hi, furry friends and also the hosts of the show. <laughs> when I was in 10th grade, we had a sex ed class once a week during our gym period and during... Our discussions, sorry, I just lost my place immediately. And during our discussions, we got into the topic of consent and rape. This is when our gym teacher shared the following story with us that still gives me chills to this day. Oh, she had a close friend during university who worked at a local bar. Um, she had big red curly hair and a personality to match. So she made friends with the patrons really easily. She had one guy that came in somewhat regularly who she would talk to often and tell him how her classes were going and just other small talk. He was handsome and charming and always tipped well. So, of course, she never turned down a chat just by chance. In all their talks, she never happened to mention to this man that she was planning on quitting her bar job and moving into her boyfriend's place across the city. And this is what saved her life. Mm. Because it turns out that man was Paul Bernardo. Shut your mouth, <clears throat> He had found out where her parents' house was that she was living in at the time <gasps> and would watch her for weeks from the window and videotape her in her room. Holy fuck. He wrote in his journals about her, referring to her as, quote, Big Red, and this is eventually how she found out she was one of his potential victims because this is how he would often greet her when he would come in. Oh, my God. We're talking the Scarborough Rapist. We're talking the Ken and Barbie killer, Paul <sighs> Bernardo, the worst thing to come out of Canada since some band that could be a funny reference right here that's Canadian. <laughs> the night he planned to attack her happened to be the day after she moved out so she never came home to her parents that night therefore saving her life. <sighs> Bernardo was caught pretty soon after I believe and that's when she went to the police after recognizing him on the news and they put the pieces together. She even had to watch some of the videos he took of her oh my just to confirm it was in fact her. God. How unnerving uh, would that be? Yeah. You'll never feel safe again. I learned about your podcast from a popular influencer and fan. Shout out Dr. Pepper Princess. Who's that? I'm going to follow them right now. <laughs> oh, wait. Someone's calling me. Why is someone calling me? I is it the Dr. Pepper me. Princess? Oh, my God. What if it's the Dr. Princess? Ask her if she heats up her Dr. Pepper around the holidays and, and makes hot toddies out of Dr. Let Pepper. Let me see. Dr. Pepper Princess. All right. Here she is. Oh, yeah. She's a murderino. And an influencer? Probably, too. You sure? Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Pepper Princess. <laughs> And I have been hooked ever since. Thanks for helping me get through my workday and make my boyfriend occasionally think I'm plotting his murder. So, yeah, stay sexy and don't make friends with serial killers just because they tip you well. Amethyst. That was excellent. That was incredible. Excellent, Amethyst. Good job. Good job. This is what we like. This is the stuff. All of my stories today are written really well. 
Beautiful. And I love, I mean, the one, every single one I read, not even the one I'm, the ones I'm doing. So good job, you guys. Keep Every, it up. Everybody's, everybody's um, doing their, it's peak performance yeah. time. Everyone's writing like in their actual voice, which I like. Yes, totally. We love that. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. This is called Lighthearted, but it creeped out Alex Trebek. Uh-huh. Uh, yo. In episode 204, you mentioned working in Alaska canneries as a way to get quick dollars and or get away from the messes you have made. Mm. My brother and I and many of our friends paid for college by working at a cannery on the Alaska Peninsula in the late 80s and early 90s. There are no towns, just 120 people on the edge of the Bering Sea. Ooh. And so many stories, but this is the murderiest one. Ugh. One of the years I was up there, there was a storm and the fishing boats couldn't go out to fish, so they were in port, doing drugs, being horny, and starting fights. Sure. Cannery workers and fishermen did not socialize. We preferred Crown Royal to meth and not being assaulted to being assaulted. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the methed up fishermen somehow got into one of our parties and proceeded to aggressively hit on all the women and used a modified lighter to try to light up the walls on fire. Ooh, okay. This, That's not how you party. Nope. The scariest of the cannery dudes, he was rumored to be an actual crip from LA hiding out in the wilds of Alaska, and I can totally believe that, started to escort this asshat back to his boat. <laughs> the would-be arson... I'm sorry, just really quick. Yeah. Whoever is going to write the movie about the crypt that goes up to the Alaskan cannery <laughs> and I guess that's me that's what I'm volunteering that's for what right you're, now that's, you just found your life's goal your God, life's vision damn it I'm going to have to pull some other people in so somebody can write accurately to the crypt's lifestyle sure, but, sure. oh my god that would be the funniest fucking movie of all time that's right. and then he turns into this hero because people are just like uh well wait oh there's, oh no! There's more. Shit. No, 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 no. Oh. Well, okay, maybe. Okay, okay. The would-be arsonist's body was found low, <laughs> at low tide. <laughs> He had been squished between two boats that were rafted up to each other. Was he pushed? Did he fall? The Alaska State Police sent an officer out to investigate, but the weather delayed his arrival for several days. Shit. The plant managers didn't want to put the dead guy in the blast freezer because that might contaminate any eventual autopsy. So they put him in our general cold storage warehouse that was not quite as cold. It was also where our basketball hoop and ping pong tables were. Oh, no. So there was this body bag. We kept them on for uh, eventualities. Mm, sure. Amazing. Yeah. What if your job just kept body bags for just in case? It's just part of it. For eventual things that eventually happen. That should go into the initial yes. uh, want ad. That's <laughs> 100%. This is right. one of those body bag jobs. <laughs> it was against a wall and the ping pong balls kept ending up between him and the wall and no one wanted to go get them. Oh, no. So after a day or so, we had to switch to basketball when we ran out of ping pong balls. The basketball would bounce off the guy and roll back to us. I will never forget the sound a basketball makes when it bounces off a partially frozen oh, person. No. Eventually, the state police officer arrived and interviewed lots of us and basically came to the conclusion that whatever had happened, the guy probably had it coming. Huh. Wow. It says. Huh. I was on Jeopardy in 2005 <laughs> and this was the, quote, cute story I told Alex Trebek when they do the introductions. Uh. He was appalled. Also during the game, the prompt was a nickname for a private detective, and I got a buzz in and proudly say, what is a dick, Alex? <laughs> I've had a great... But isn't that the answer? Yeah. They weren't wrong. Yeah. Okay. I've had a... Just the fact that you get to say... Oh, you get to say those yeah. words. Got it. 
I've had a great and interesting life, but that's probably the high point. Stay sexy and don't let death interfere with your basketball. And if you get a chance to say dick on national TV, you should definitely do it. You should definitely do it. (laughs) Stephanie. Stephanie. Wow, that is a rich, uh, rich story. Menagerie. But I really could see that person falling between boats and like being a... That's such a weird way... To yeah, die. To, yeah. You, that's a weird way to kill someone else. Like, right. If that person and I and I bet you if they thought he was a crypt that they're putting that on him because they're like, oh, he's right. The, he's a gangster. It's whatever. also like, would the guy have walked him back to his boat or just out of the party? Right. He just he's not been a, like, get out of this here. This isn't. He's <laughs> not a total gentleman. Right. It's not about. <laughs> he's not making sure he gets home safe. He, he's not trying to court him. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, get the fuck out of here. Right. All, all the way out. And then the guy fell into the water. That's what I'm Presumably. going with. Because uh, I don't want the Crips to be mad at us. <laughs> Who does? In this day and age, In you got to not age, piss off the Crips. You, it's important to. Okay. How about this one? Oh, this has a subject line. Hmm. My landlord from college was a convicted murderer. Fun. Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and furry friends. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My hometown is from San Francisco at Karen. However, the actual murder takes place in Rattlesnake Canyon, New Mexico. But let me backtrack a bit. I went to school at the University of San Francisco, and for three of my four years, I lived in a second-story apartment with two, oh, sorry, three other girls a few blocks from campus. We had two landlords, one of whom constantly raised our rent. Gotta love Bay Area real estate. <laughs> This story's about him. Eventually, we all graduated, moved out, and went our separate ways. Flash forward to a couple years later, and I'm working my boring desk job listening to another true crime podcast when they suddenly mention a case of a, quote, mercy killing and mention the name of my mean college apartment landlord. This dude has a very specific name. (laughs) (laughs) Humperdinck. Awonaki. Bob Jones. He has a very specific name, and it took half a second and one Google search to find out that my ex-landlord killed his best friend while they were stranded in the desert. Oh, I almost did this story. For real? Yes. This is not so. I mean, you should still do it. Should I? I'm, well, I'm about to tell you I know. Things. Fuck. Apparently. You gotta get I'm on it. I fucking know. Oh, this it's so crazy. bananas. Apparently, the two were road tripping from Boston to California in 1999 when they decided to camp out. The problem, they only brought three pints of water, one pint of Gatorade, and a topographical map that they both did didn't know how to read. They used one pint of water to boil hot dogs and immediately got lost hiking in the desert for a few days. Both were dehydrated and went to great measures. I'm talking drinking your own pee, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you are. People. (laughs) (laughs) Folks. Uh, pull it a tie, wipe <laughs> your brow. Uh, they also made a terrible mistake of eating cactus fruit, which is extremely dehydrating huh. when unripe and can make you violently ill. So by day three, after both puking their guts out uh. and seeing no light at the end of the tunnel, my landlord's best friend asks him to stab him yeah. through the chest. My landlord does it, stabbing him twice through a sleeping bag, only there were no sleeping bag fibers found on the knife. Interesting. This is where it gets fishy. It's already fishy. Yeah. Landlord then covers his friend's body with a 70 plus pounds of rocks, then tries to slit his wrist, but is 
quote, too physically weak to do so. He's eventually found to be only moderately dehydrated by a park ranger, goes on trial and pleads guilty to second degree murder. The judge sentenced him to 15 years of prison with all but two years suspended, followed by five years of probation. After serving a mere two years in prison, he eventually moved to San Francisco to be a landlord and had keys to my apartment for three years, (laughs) which is a bit unsettling considering we knowing we unknowingly were throwing way too many house parties in a convicted murderer's apartment building. But honestly, the most malicious thing he ever did was keep part of our security deposit. (laughs) That's not malicious. That's actually the rule. Uh, You can easily find the case online by searching out the details for, but for anonymity and safety reasons, I felt best to leave out his full name. Very smart. That's what I, that's why I didn't do it. Now you're reminding me. He had a really, I fucking told you about this. He had a really specific name and he's out and he served his time and I don't really think, Yeah, I think he, I don't think he he maliciously murdered right. his friend. He, he, it's better to err on the side if he paid his debt to society yeah. because w- us all talking about this all so much and naming people's names and stuff, it's like... Especially when I don't think it was like a cold-blooded murder. No, there's... Well, there's p- the possibility right. it wasn't. Right. Who knows? I mean, if I go out a snack for f- two hours, I'm fucking delirious. Jesus. Okay. Uh, oh, stay sexy and always Google your landlord before signing the lease. Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, thank you. Good one. God, that's intense. But yeah, there's so many questionable details. Yeah. But the sleeping yeah. bag. He, I think he eventually kept it. Ended up they were like two miles from or some, really close no. to yeah, the you, ranger you station. You see the shell station right over the hill. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Georgia, is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account? And it tells you that your password is incorrect. And then you try again and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try. 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises. If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing. With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames to payment details and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that save time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. The Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepasswordcom MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com slash mfm one password.com slash mfm goodbye this one says dear vince plus <laughs> so that is a first bold wow loving it uh i have two siblings and we were all grade school age at the same time my uncle worked the night shift at ups so he would watch us during uh the day after school one day he picked us up like normal and took us back to our house the weather was nice so he left the front door open for a draft i guess idk He was making us grilled cheeses, and when he makes them, he uses a knife to flip the sandwich. This is important, I swear. In the middle of flipping the sandwiches, there's a knock at the door. When he goes to answer, it's a cop. My uncle answers the door with a knife in his hand. (laughs) 
The cop came into the house because he thought it was suspicious for the front door to be left open uh, during the day. So he inspected and found a six foot tall husky former Marine at the door with a knife in his hand and three children in the family room fighting over the TV. <laughs> My uncle tried really hard to explain that he was allowed to be there, but the cop was obviously skeptical still. So my uncle called my sister out to help. I kind of love this highly proactive policing. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I'm not getting a good vibe from this family situation. Right. I will like, refuse to walk away. Yeah. She walks out and sees a cop standing in her doorway with a gun and handcuffs, and she just stares out of fear. My uncle tried to get her to defend him, but she just stood there silently. <laughs> and now is beginning to look like he was feeding her lines. Yes. The cop got more agitated, and my uncle made me come out and try it again. I skipped out all nonchalant and told the cop everything was cool. He didn't believe it all until <laughs> We called my mom and had her give the okay. <laughs> Stay sexy and just use a spatula to flip your grilled cheese. No name. That is so hilarious. Like the sister, was it his sister that flipped out or the oldest kid? Who's the person that, that froze? I don't know. It's someone's sister. Wait, da, 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 da. called out my sister. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. the older kid. The oldest girl, yeah. like, hey, come and do yeah. And she's just. Oh, and she's there. a little girl. Yes. Okay, I was thinking of her. And staring like, like help me. Her eyes are screaming, help me. Yeah, what did I, I bet she had just been doing something bad. <laughs> she like punched her brother and he was like, nothing. And immediately the cops come. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Get a, get a load of this one. Okay. Edmund Kemper's bullshit causes child possession. Okay. Question mark. Oh. Hi, everybody. I was born and raised in Santa Cruz, California, and while I was doing some murderino sleuthing on Reddit last year, ignoring schoolwork, I discovered that I had been living one street down from Edmund Kemper's mother's house for the better part of five months. Whoa. That's where all the bad things happened. Uh, well, to his mother. <laughs> Didn't he bury some of the bodies on that property? I believe just the mother's oh, just head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, looking Under at the his, house. Oh, God. I think the other women were... It was out in the forest. Right. From what I remember. God, there's so many stories like we this. We can't remember all of them. I've been low-key obsessed with Kemper since watching Mindhunter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Our friend Cameron. Our friend Cameron Britton. That's right. <laughs> Who is now on He Was the Therapist. Did you remember that no. um, cameo on The Outsider? Oh, he's the therapist that, that the cop goes to. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. And he's and you. Oh, I you wouldn't recognize. It. He's so low key. It doesn't look like him at all. It, you know, because he doesn't look so tall. They have him kind of tipped back, yeah. and he's so low key. And he doesn't look like yeah. And he's not doing the voice. It's a totally different Whoa. character. He's such a good actor. I didn't know. Cameron Burton from Sebastopol. You make us <laughs> proud in Sonoma <laughs> County. Oh my God, I had a lot of coffee. <laughs> okay, good. Here we go. So, when I found out that his mom's house was so close, I immediately drove over to stare at the house and probably creep out the current tenants. Like a true 20-something, I posted a video of me freaking out about it on my Instagram for all my friends to enjoy or find tasteless and mm -hmm. macabre, respectively. After seeing the video, my friend Alina messaged me with a simple, my uncle used to live in that house. It was so deeply haunted. <gasps> to which I promptly replied, all caps, bitch, what? <laughs> It turns out that Alina's uncle and his family had lived in the house for several years and that while they were living there, their three-year-old daughter started acting really strange. Oh, no. <laughs> when three-year-olds get creepy. Why is your nightgown all wet and your hair all wet? <laughs> and why did you crawl out from the sewer grate? I want to wear your skin. Mommy. Um, <laughs> Steven, don't put that mommy at the end. Okay. <laughs> Remember, remember that yeah. Halloween prank? <laughs> yeah. The little girl would get up in the middle of the night, 
find a all caps knife, uh-uh. how did she reach kitchen counters and stand silently in doorways staring at her family? It's just a phase. She became super fascinated with the kitchen and would talk about cooking people up and one time <laughs> tried to smother her mother with a pillow so she could, quote, have her around forever. Oh, dear. On top of this creepy child shit, Alina always got uncomfortable feeling an uncomfortable feeling being in the house and wasn't told what Kemper had done to his mother there until she asked her uncle why the house always felt so strange. <gasps> the little girl did that shit for six years. Uh, no. The family had come to the decision that she was just a straight up psychopath and they until they moved out of the house and the daughter immediately went back to normal. No. Never mentioning her desire to kill and cook her mother ever again. She's now 17 and is well adjusted as a 17 year old can be. Sure. Alina admits that that it could have just been some creepy child shit. Mm-hmm. They do weird stuff, but her family is three hundred percent sure that she was possessed by something attracted to the violence uh, that took place in that house. Anyway, love your <laughs> podcast. My friend Kira got me hooked on it, and I'll use y'all as an example. And I use y'all as an example for when I try to get her to consider therapy. It's useful, Kira. Kira. That's that's on the page. (laughs) It's useful, Kira, in all caps. Thanks for all your hard work, Kenna. That's so creepy. I feel unsettled by that. I trust the family if they're saying she was uh, normal before and then she was that way at the house and normal after. Just like an evil energy. He was so evil. And bad things happen. It's such a, a long accumulation of bad yeah. vibes in that house yeah. bad stuff happening oh Oof. all right let's do it let's <laughs> this wrap one's it down. actually positive what's it called what do we call them uplifting Up- lighthearted. lighthearted uh okay hi assorted mammals another burger chef murder this is not but it is super weird it's 1982 i'm 16 years old and working at the burger chef in new hope minnesota and yes i'm wearing a brown and orange polyester <laughs> uniform and yes i smell like an unholy blend of fry that grease sweat and polo it's past, <laughs> it's past nine on a weekday night and it's been raining torrents for hours. We haven't had a customer in ages. Imagine being a 19-year-old named Norman. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, he was young. A young Norman. Has sent everyone but me home for the night. We're sitting reclining on the counter talking about ACDC and killing time until closing when a car pulls up and parks next to the door. Not in a parking space, but right by the door. For a while, nothing happens. But then someone gets out of the car, dashes across the sidewalk and enters the store. Mm. It's a maybe five-year-old kid, gender unknown, dressed head to toe in a yellow rain suit and looking for all the world like the Morton Salt Girl. Oh. Before Norman and I can even hop off the counter and think about taking an order, this rain-slickered apparition walks full speed to the condiment and napkin counter, grabs the wooden straw dispenser, the cool old kind with the round glass window showing the straws, and the wooden knob you turn so that two arms would emerge, cradling a striped straw in their slots. Yes. Good writing. Uh Uh-huh. Tucks the straw dispenser under his slash her arm like a football and runs full speed out the door across the sidewalk and into the car which immediately hits the gas and peels out of the parking lot holy shit it's a family straw dispenser hit that's right norman and i watch him slash her leave the store then turn to each other in stunned disbelief then just start laughing it was one of those things in life that is so bizarre and surreal that i would have thought i dreamed or imagined it if norman hadn't seen the whole thing so weird no big crime no murder just just weird. Yes. But I have to say, I can only assume that in the course of time, that rain slickered little shit probably grew up to be a mass murderer. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't steal straw dispensers. Christian. 
Can you imagine though, if they if this family went into Burger Chef and the five year old uses the straw dispenser and goes berserk about oh, how much they love it, he won't stop talking. He, just she won't stop talking about it. Obsessed. Can I have one? Can I get one? Whatever. Uh-huh. And then maybe His big brother's like, "Will you stop shut talking? Up. I'll drive you down there, but you have to get it yourself." Yeah, that sounds like absolutely something <laughs> like my cousin Stevie would involve us in. I was like, "Totally." Hey, here's the thing: steal it. They won't care, but yeah. I'm not doing. Just go do it. So you shut up. That's so right. Or just some young parents. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're really young, of, cool parents. <laughs> we're like, listen, it's a hard world. You better start learning how to get what you want. Mommy and daddy's room smell like smoke sometimes. I just love it. It's a five-year-old. It's a five-year-old. That's out of control. Amazing. The best. Yeah. Uh, send us your weird stories like that, the weird things that have happened to you that you can't explain. Love it. We'll believe it. Sure. Uh, it's my favorite murder at Gmail. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Elvis, do you want a cookie?